Welcome to Chucked. I'm Charles Braxton with Austin Charles, and it is a beautiful early fall day. Going to be a little warm today as we record this episode of Chucked. And uh, I'm steamed today. My temperature is in a fizz because this morning on 92.3 The Fan, Carmen and Lima were talking about the fact and they were more fizzed than I am that uh, the NFL, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, may induct Art Modell into the Hall of Fame. If you do not know, he is the owner of the Browns who moved the Browns to Baltimore in 1995. And I know the Bible says not to hate, but if that ever changes, I got my person picked out. And uh, so I just need to get that off my chest. Not that we're going to talk about that today. I just need to get that off my chest because I know what they'll do. They will put Clay Matthews in for sure. That's the mm-hmm. positive side of this. If he gets brought in with this huge, they're expanding it to like a class of 20 for the 100th year mm. anniversary. If that happens, they'll put Clay Matthews in for sure to assuage Browns fans. Mm-hmm. They will. They'll, they'll, they, so that would be the good side. Clay Matthews so deserves to be in. Mm-hmm. He was a linebacker for the Browns back in the day. As we said, the rivalry between the Ravens and the Browns is really – in a in a month it's, has, has, it, I know. at the end yeah. of last year with with the Baker Lamar you know who's yeah, better yeah kind of kind of started a little bit at least yeah. the talks there and and then with the just the plunge that uh, of of quality that the Steelers and Bengals have taken this year I mean I my gosh I only watched the first quarter of Monday night and I couldn't believe how bad the Steelers were I know how bad the Steelers were they had to I knew pull the out would be magic and then tricks. I woke up in the in the morning to see it was 27 uh, yeah oh my gosh the, the Steelers so. had to they had to pull out a win somehow and so they had to do all kinds of magic tricks mm-hmm. that aren't sustainable amazing. I didn't I didn't watch the rest of it but it was amazing how afraid they were to at least in the beginning for Mason Rudolph to throw the ball downfield because well, he kept the, on doing those the, little the those beat little writer pitches. for Pittsburgh I right. listened to him this morning and he said hey listen He's a six-five Colt McCoy. He is a backup quarterback. He he he's not. This is the Pittsburgh beat writer saying, "Oh my gosh, this guy is by no means a franchise quarterback." Hmm. And they drafted him in a position where you expect him to yeah. be more than your backup. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, they just he was twenty-four, twenty-eight because little, he uh, handed the ball. Those off. little motion passes. I know, I know. Those count as passes. <sighs> I know. So uh, yeah, I, I. But with uh, the choking of um, Humphreys and. Odell and mm-hmm. just all that, and um, from this weekend, if you saw, and that. there's a Bruder film that the Ravens presented to the NFL. That's you know they showed they they took video out of it. He didn't choke him. He didn't choke him. This is a Bruder film of 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 mm-hmm. you know the choke gate. Mm-hmm. He didn't choke him. His his Tangent. hands were around his neck, but he didn't choke him. Mm-hmm. And the uh, you know the grass the shooter from the grassy knoll choked him mm-hmm. you know um, mm-hmm. so yeah um, but tee us up Austin what are we just take us down our path today and uh, where we're headed well what was on my mind is um, it's, it was something we probably could have talked about a few weeks ago but uh, it'd be fun to talk about if anything I think we'd get a kick out of it is uh and and it's i guess it's relative for me right now i'm not doing well right now i don't want to talk about it but i'm not doing great um in all 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 sorts of areas but uh is the struggles of and i guess it kind of tails off of uh what we watched monday night uh the struggles of jim harbaugh and just 
And this, so they won this past weekend, the, the, the Michigan Wolves. So they are, again, the greatest on college top of the football world. program. Yeah. No, no one has world. it better than them. No, nobody has it better than them. Um, and so they came off a big rivalry win against Rutgers. Um, and, but but the, the week before that, they uh, had, had they didn't show up to their, their game with Wisconsin. And, or maybe they did. They just were that terrible. And got blown out by a good Wisconsin team, but still a Wisconsin team. It just is a bunch of white kids, and uh, and so the look of Jim Harbaugh that whole that whole game was um, he he was lost. It wasn't it wasn't you know prior to the, the, this year where you know maybe he's lost to a certain team for the seventh straight time, and he's still trying real hard to mm-hmm. to motivate the revenge tour or um, I like your but, treat tweet. Revenge Tour 2.0. Oh yeah, this is this is it. 2.0. <laughs> yeah, well, we will be shut out against yeah. Rutgers. Yeah. Um, who knew they had football in Jersey? Um, but uh, but yeah. So Saturday, two weeks ago against Wisconsin, or three weeks ago, I guess because they had a bye week after it. They he looked lost. I mean, he just looked overwhelmed. Like I don't, I don't have. I'm I'm kind of out of sorts. I'm, I feel overwhelmed. Um, Freddie Kitchens kind of looked like that too. That, that Which, by the way, won. I got to tell you this: isn't it amazing how much smarter Freddie Kitchens sounds after a win than he does after a loss? <laughs> I'll just leave it at he that. Does. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He all of a sudden Monday sounded smarter. Mm-hmm. When he loses, he sounds like the dumbest hick you've ever heard talk on a public level in your life. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Anyhow, <laughs> I digress. Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, so there's like, <laughs> just you have you know. Jim Harbaugh being, I, I suppose we can call him a leader. I don't know. Um, jury's still out on that. But being in charge of a lot of different components, a lot of different elements, a lot of different people, a lot of decisions to make, and it just all being this haze in front of him. And just, I don't know, I don't even know where to begin. I don't, this is just a mess that um, I'm entirely overwhelmed in the moment, in the in the the mess of sorting this out for the future. Um, and so some, and I, I know there's, there's certainly been times in your life where you've been just, you've had some of those feelings of whether it comes from, you know, uh, that, that puts you in a place of feeling inadequate then, or, or just puts you in a spell of, um, there's just so many things going on right now. I don't even know where, uh, which direction to start digging or, or, uh, which area to, to attack first or, um, or if it's even worth it now, mm-hmm. you know, if you, with you know, as far as um, allegorically, the rumors coming to fire Harbaugh, like let's just let's just mm-hmm. let's just kill it. Let's just let's mm-hmm. just be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, oh, to it you? totally makes sense. You know, especially because in ministry, you feel like you lose more than you win. I mean, you don't. You know, it's not like I'm the leader of a top five program, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? I, I mean. I think I would say comparatively, I'm a leader of a Division One program that I lead, not like a head coach kind of out there. I lead in the context of community, in the context of plurality, right? So that's I'm I, I'm I think it's safe to say I'm the face of our program, but I've never led alone. So, nor does he, nor does he. But but one thing that helps is is it's not like we're a Michigan or Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's not like that's who we are. We're not that level of program. So I know what it is to lose, but I also know what it is. Yes, 
to feel like everything nailed down is coming loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, no question. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had many crises. Anyone who's led any organization for a minute, any amount of time, you're going to have – Peter Drucker said it's going to happen every seven years. Mm-hmm. Every seven years you're going to have a major crisis. He's been about right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and if you get to eight, you're going to have it in six. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how about every seven years, it's there's there's a there's a spirituality to organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a cyclical spirituality, and uh, that's why it's why people don't stay. It's easier just to go somewhere else and start over than it is to just sit through the the ashes mm-hmm. and then rebuild. Mm-hmm. To say let's let's rebuild this wall, even though Jerusalem is in ruins. Let's rebuild. Let's start with the wall, mm-hmm. and let's rebuild there. I'm referencing Nehemiah, of course. And um, yeah, I know what that's like, and that's why I say that the most underestimated quality of leadership is composure, to be ability to have a clear head, and when everybody else around you is panicking and oh, the sky is falling. I think I've always had a perspective of we're not that important. We're important to our people. But if Southbrook were to close its doors tomorrow, South Dayton would go right on humming. A lot of people would miss what we do. But other churches would fill that vacuum. So there's mm-hmm. that. But here, it's interesting you ask that question because here's the thing. For me... I have an unbelievable asset that a lot of leaders don't have, the Word of God. Because I, you asked that in the context of Jim Harbaugh, and this would be what I would be concerned about if I were a Michigan fan, but I'm not, um, is I always compare, for example, uh, the week, we always have 51 weekends where we can huddle, you know, team meetings. Mm-hmm. You have 51 team meetings a year where you can really re- begin to rebuild the culture. Because the weekend is, whether you like it or not, the catalytic event that builds culture. And I've always compared the teaching of the word is like the, is running the football. And the music and the arts are like pass, the passing game. To be really good, you need to be balanced in both. Like mm-hmm. to be excellent and really move the gospel ball down the field, you need to be balanced in both. But in bad weather, you better be able to run the ball. You better be able to run the ball. Mm. And I can remember when I've been in crisis with things that had happened here, and I couldn't get wait to get to the weekend where I was teaching us through Nehemiah. Let's run the ball. Let's just move it two yards, three yards in a cloud of dust down the field mm-hmm. because that three yards in a cloud of dust adds up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why even in football, my favorite kind of football is not the passing part. I love running football. I, I just love the, mm-hmm. you know, I love the, I love it when Ohio State goes down the field four yards at a time, you know. And But to win the national championship, you got to be able to pass the football. Mm-hmm. And, and so I've always been able to rely on that. Okay, let's go back to this is a football. We need to block and tackle. And that's how we're going to get the gospel ball down the field we're going to we're going to teach our way through this and Mm. i still believe in that i still believe that the foundation of any church is the teaching of the word you know that that you taking its truth and disseminating it in a way that's palatable and digestible to people in their life today it's still 
that has not changed. How you do it has changed, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't run an old, uh, you know, straight T formation with, or a, or a straight I with isolation blocks. I don't have a fullback as much anymore. I have a spread formation. You know, I mean, there. I don't teach the same as I used to teach, but the fundamentals of of handing the ball off and saying, let's go, let's take this down the field. That hasn't changed to the degree that I think, while as long as I do it, I'll have to change my delivery some. I, th- I still think it's the foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take that away, you could make up for it by being unbelievable in the arts. But you'd have to be unbelievable in the arts. Mm-hmm. You know. So I've always had that. I've always, I've always, you know, as as a pastor, you have that, you have that. Oh my gosh, I always have the fallback of the transcendent authority and power of the words of God. Mm-hmm. I say the words of God because the word of God is not the Bible. The word of God is the gospel. The words of God are the Bible. You know, that's there's mm-hmm. a delineation there that I think is really important. And. Uh, the capacity to teach the word of God and the words of God. Um, my confidence is stronger in that than it's ever been. And now that I've been, you know, I've had some hide taken off through some trials and crises. It's stronger than ever, mm-hmm. you know, and my love for the football, <laughs> the mm-hmm. leathery Bible brought into a person's life. I mean, you know that Mark 4 is probably my my cornerstone parable. This is what the kingdom of God is like. It's like a man who sowed seed on the ground. And the grain grew, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And when the grain was ripe, he took the sickle to it because the harvest had come. That if you sow the seed of the word and the words of God into good soil, it's going to produce a harvest. Mm -hmm. You know, my harvest... No, God's harvest. My result? No, God's result. Because I could sow the best seed into hardened ground, and it's not going to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. So the the seed has to meet ready soil. But and this applies for you, not just organizationally, but but personally in your own in your own um, going about things. Yeah. Yeah, so for example, this week I've had the song that we sang last weekend, All Your Promises Are Yes and Amen. You know, and I, I was I had some tears running down my cheeks on that this weekend because that's second Corinthians one, where Paul says, I know that you're criticizing me for kind of not making up my mind about whether I was coming or not. I just want to remind you that God's promises are not yes and no. God's promises are yes and amen. And I don't know how many of our people know that we're singing the letters of Paul there. But for me, yeah, in in crisis, I still come back to Psalm 62 and 63. You know? The Lord is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. Would all of you, you know, what would you do with this tottering fence? Would you throw him down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? You know? And there have been times when I felt like, man, I'm a tottering fence, but my, my fence posts are in the rock. Mm-hmm. Right and yeah, I that has for me that has been my my buffet in storms. And when we're on a losing streak, which we have been, which we will again, you know, when we're on a losing streak, uh, that's how you get the program back on course. Mm-hmm. Um, 
You gotta be strong, man. You know, it's, leadership's not for sissies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not for the faint of heart, I man. You you gotta. I did a wedding recently, and you know, unfortunately, I have very intuitive in, side to me. I can read when people are mad, angry, mm-hmm. spiteful toward me, and I did a wedding where a lot of people there. It's been a while since I've been in a gathering where that many people had maybe contempt's too strong a word, but you know, unwelcome. Uh, yeah, there wasn't an invitation to mm-hmm. to reconcile, create dialogue. But uh, it's been a while, and you know, you still got to stand up and you got to deliver. You, you know, there are a bunch of people there don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not everybody here likes me, you know. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people there don't care, and uh, I'm, I I think I think one of the things I always have to remember too is is while we're not Michigan or Ohio State, um, what would I compare us to? We are um, Baldosta State, so on a lower level, we're a good program, right? I think Valdosta State has won a bunch of Division II national championships. So the the thing, too, that always helps is they might have it really, really good. The challenge is when you're in leadership, whatever level, whether it's a church of 100 or a church of 1,000, you have the demands of celebrity without the benefits. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that's challenging. For me, that's what it feels like. And when I talk to other pastors, it's the same thing. You're you're in the fishbowl of a celebrity. It's not too strong a term to use. It's kind of that way, that expectation that mm-hmm. people want to know you. But you don't have, like I don't have the luxury to just go away once a month. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's part of the challenge. I mean... I, I've, it's, you and I both have talked about this. I've been able to put into context when our sports heroes fail and don't we feel sorry for them. No, they're going to their $7 million mansion. They're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Jim Harbaugh's going back home. And, and this week he's going to get a portion of his $5 million a year contract. Okay, <laughs> I'm not feeling sorry for mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh <laughs> too much. You know, but but all, on the other side of that, he is a human being and, mm-hmm. you know. So I hope that helps. You know, I, yeah. I mean, you've watched me go through that. You've seen the cost of leadership uh, as close as anyone, other than your mother and your sister, and you four of, or you three of four of us, seen the cost of leadership on a on a D two program. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, we're not even a D one program. Yeah. Um, but so mm. your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I, I, the, your observations. Um, Eugene Peterson's book, uh, being a pastor, gave it even a deeper context of church leadership because he didn't. He was a great. Uh, uh, the title. Tell our listeners the title of that book. They want some insight into a different uh, view of leadership. It's called The Pastor. It's his memoir. That most recent. I think it's most recent work because it was one of his later ones. Before I think he it was. Died right, last I think year. it was last one before he died. Was it? Wasn't it? I don't know I if he even finished it. I think maybe his, his family members edited the ending or. Um, but that, you know, uh, hearing an account from a non-megachurch pastor was, 
was really good mm-hmm. because it wasn't much different. <laughs> you know, it, was, not, it really wasn't any. It's was no, no different from the guy at Hillsong. No, you know? no, it's no different. Yeah. They just have less people helping them than I do, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. It's harder. Trust me. When we were mm-hmm. at 400, that was harder than now. Mm-hmm. And those weren't the good old days. Yeah. I think I was I think wearing the, a the, the pressure's, different hats. pressure's different. The emotion's different. Yeah. But still, you know, the emotional load of him carrying a 200 and some member church was, mm-hmm. you know, crazy and um, while having a family and all that and um, teaching. And so th- I think that helped round, just round out the other side of it to me, um, understanding what uh, leading was in a religious setting is because it's it's not just leading and having uh, missional and organizational integrity and accomplishment success, but also having moral and uh, integrity and accomplishments. Although there's no accomplishment, there's only defeat and morality. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, but that comes with the religious leadership. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it was good. I mean, there was gosh, I I feel like I I reference or recommend that book every two weeks since I've read it for all sorts of reasons. But that was one was in this conversation that uh, mm-hmm. that helped me. Uh, it, if you or I or anyone were to pastor some little church, it would you'd just be changing one <laughs> problem for another. And if really you went would. to pastor, you know, some. Godforsaken church in Charlotte or something. I don't know. It would, it would be same. same thing. It's amazing. The people that are thorns in my arse here would change their faces and addresses and move to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it was just, it's the same. People are people. Yeah. I'm referencing, uh, was it Elevation? That's, that's the, yeah, yeah. That's the church. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's, it, that, that, that was, that was really um, helpful for me because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't have much perspective or experience with small church, mm-hmm. um, because when the church was, was smaller here, I was smaller, so yeah, it was yeah. my perspective. Was well, by the time small. you were four, we were four hundred, and so you've never known a small church, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, do you remember before you were three, or you don't know much? Probably not. First memory, I don't know. I was thinking about that yesterday. Uh, I don't know. It's like three or something, maybe. Yeah. But I remember, like, I remember '94 when we had. 94, 95, we got to about 400, and I, you were still at that stage where it's really becoming complex, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm still counselor, I'm still setting up chairs, not by mm-hmm. myself, Paul especially, and I, they did that, yeah. Paul Wilkins and I did that, but I'm still setting up chairs, I'm still pastoring, I'm still, I mean... And I'm coaching basketball because mm. that extra six hundred dollars a year helped us out immensely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is, putting up your mortgage for the loan of the yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I signed. I, I I signed. One of the thirteen people signed an identification. And to, and I think that's where, that's where the next know? time someone wants to bitch about a, a building project, oh, the, you gosh. know, the things that you and Paul went through oh, with my that. Gosh. Well, um, we were talking about yesterday. I nearly killed a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the closest I've ever come to murdering a person. Mm-hmm. Was just. The fury of my being unleashed that, that, on someone right. who dared I, I, to. I, I really, been, I, it's those. I think it's those kind of things that strike up some things personal for me. I've really been trying to make it 
concerted effort to swear less, but if someone <laughs> if if someone does want to 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 do bitch about giving, they can bring their shit to me and we can talk yeah. about it yeah. with with what has what has built this place. But uh, I think you well, know, honestly, just, just hold your thoughts here because as you know, the thing that hurts me most is I regret selling my baseball, football, and basketball card collection to to be mm-hmm. my part in giving to the building fund. Like that $3,000 really made a big difference, but, you know, I had to speed of the leader, speed of the team and stuff. Man, that was a dumb thing to do in Jesus' name. You know, you can do dumb things in Jesus' you name. You don't always, you know, it can be in Jesus' name and still be dumb, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, what was I thinking? You know, but that was the, anyhow, yeah. hold, continue your thought because... <laughs> I would have given up our house if I had to do it over again before I'd give up my car collection. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and it has cost me it money to build nice some of basement. Oh gosh. Nice. I built I built a, a portion of it that I really care about back up. Because mm-hmm. on eBay now you can get cards. I don't care if they're mint. So I I yeah. get I get a little bit of dog ear on them, they're twenty five cents, you know. I mean you can get yeah. so I've been able to build especially the Browns part and, mm-hmm. and um yeah. So Mm-hmm. Some of my old '60s cards, I've kind of redone some of those. But mm-hmm. continue your thought on that, because I want to hear your. Per- I oh, love your perspective. Wait, on I, this. I think uh, ignorance helped a lot and serves us all well a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it, it, I've understood um, just your position or the church or anything. Um, it's it's hard. It's hard to. I don't know. Just, I don't want to, you know, to. Uh, I don't want. It's not like I'm embellishing anything or anything. But uh, I think it uh, in the last like couple years, maybe. I would say just all, just all that. Anything that has to do with here or, um, you know, uh, the dynamics of um, being raised in a church, uh, uh, pastor's kid, any any of that. Um, I think is multiplicatively harder in the last two years, and I think a lot of that becomes understanding. I think I think knowledge is, is just an yeah. incredible burden. It understanding is. It things is. There's, just, a, there's a bliss to ignorance, like mm. being unawares of reality. Sure, yeah, and I, you know, I, I just there is. I just didn't think that deeply or anything throughout most of my life, and didn't feel that deeply most of my life, and I've just always had very limited interests, and um, still do. Um, and so I just, it, you know, even in my teens, I don't think, uh, and that's why maybe it's hard for some people to believe, uh, I just don't, honestly, I just don't sense any kind of, um, I think rebellion would have to come first, uh, understanding would have to come first to understand something to rebel against. I just never, I just never felt that. Or, and, but um, but you now I just hurting just, when you were a teenager. Yeah, now I just, I understand things and I can mm-hmm. see things, I you know, so uh, it's just, uh it's it's a lot more. It's a lot more. It's, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's like a it's a, I think it's a it's a spiritually brutal thing. I guess that's maybe a, mm-hmm. a way I would describe the feeling of it. Um, psychologically, mildly brutal thing. Um, well, it's not too strong a term to use. But because I because I, I just understand you know I like I, you know the the more you know the more I learn of of. Of theology, the more just hard it is, and the more you learn, you just don't know, and it's just mm-hmm. hard. And um, the more you just basically learn how stupid you are, and mm-hmm. and uh, that's not to 
um, disencourage people from reading their Bible. They should. It's all. Uh, it's good for but, Christians to feel less stupid because we're dangerous when we think we're the smartest people in the room. So yeah. that's actually. Yeah. You know, so I but, think but when knowledge it comes to, puffs up. Yeah. And, right, as Paul said. So when it comes to just you know your career, the the church, and um, everything, um, I think that yeah, I think in the last I don't I don't anything that was supposed to have I've supposed to have felt um, in the last in the first like twenty six years um, has all happened maybe at once in the last three or something and uh, that and that's so that's why I just mostly try to just keep my head down and um, not talk to anyone most (laughs) and just do my job and just do just um and just and just learn i I actually think that's a pretty healthy boundary just pastoring people and 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 learning learning the bible and and that's it because anything else just gets so resentful in the last few years it's so charged and so annoying so um all those 26 years all at once and so um that's why i don't i just don't care much for the future where I'm at. I don't think I need to. I don't care much. I don't busy myself with the past or anything um, because there's just enough trouble today on Each its own. Each day has enough care of its own. Um, so, yeah, I think that's my... Yeah, that's good. And I, and I think that's right. And and I think if we could see what Jim Harbaugh's doing right now, he's in his office working, mm-hmm. doing what he can do today mm-hmm. to make that program better. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's all you can do. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow may never come. All you have is the present. Mm-hmm. And it's true. And uh, I think when you are carrying any kind of burden and responsibility, and it's true for every single one of us, that do what you can do today to execute a plan. Mm-hmm. Be intentional. Know you, you have a plan. Execute it. But whether you reap a bumper crop from that or not is really not up to you anyway. So don't concern yourself too much with outcomes. We teach players, box kids, think process, not product. Think process, not product. Mm -hmm. What do you focus on today? And that's what I've had to do for a long time. And and, uh, you just lean into the power of God. Lean into the power of God. Until next time on Chuck, this is Charles Braxton with Austin Charles. Really?